Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan, and this week I'm joined by Red Car Bears co-promoter Jitendra Duffel to look at the first action of the playoffs as Peterborough Panthers edged out Wolves at Monmore Green despite being down to five men. They're going to take a two-point advantage to home territory next Monday. What a night for Chris Harris. He's at it again. Yeah. What a season that man's having. It's only half-time in the tie, of course, and we'll get the thoughts of Peter Adams, Rob Lyon and Rory Schlein. On Thursday, the second Premiership semi takes place and all eyes are on Olerton. A Sheffield hitting form just at the right time. The take on Bellevue Aces will speak with recent Sheffield maximum man Jack Holder and Nigel Pearson chats with Simon Stead, not just about Speedway, but also about hair. I've, I've got a little bit less hair now, though, haven't I? I'm not sure, actually, on that picture. What, are you saying I've had a transplant? <laughs> It's all normal, it's not a syrup. And the championship playoffs begin this week too. Jatendra's thoughts on the task ahead for the Bears in the quarterfinals. And we hear from one of his riders, Lewis Kerr. Poole and Glasgow are straight through to the semis. Find out why Brock Nickel believes the Tigers are ready to pounce. Plus, Lawrence Rogers on what could be a final meeting this week at Perry Bar. It's all on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. So all that to come. First of all, let's welcome our guest uh, this week, Jitendra Duffel, co-promoter of Red Car Bears, who find themselves in the playoffs, of course, uh, in the championship. And uh, their playoff mission gets underway on Friday against Edinburgh at Armadale. But uh, Jitendra, as far as things go for Red Car, I mean, I think you look back on how the season has gone as a whole. You must be pretty pleased with, with how the season's gone for Red Car. Yeah, it has been successful. Um, you know, 2019 was a great year. That was my first time in charge and we won the knockout cup. Um, it would have been nice to win the league, but we, we just lost out in the, the semi-finals. So it would be nice to go one better. Um, I know what you're saying that it's, uh, we will have had a good season and what happens from here, but I'll be honest, I'll, I'll be absolutely devastated if we go out this week. Um, you know, it's it's uh, all the work you put in all season. You know, this is a uh, huge because you, you, everything you've worked for all year can can really come to an abrupt halt very quickly. So, but you know that that's the same for every promotion. So, um, yeah, the, there's a lot riding on this, and it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, you know, the the next few weeks in British Speedway. We'll focus on Redcar specifically in, in a little bit, but overall, looking at the Championship League, it has been 
a very close league this season. Um, and we've obviously only just had in the last matches this last weekend, everything confirmed as far as the playoffs, because Birmingham still had that chance of making it in on the very, very last day before the before the playoff cut off, of course, in the championship. But with the six teams that have made it through, are those the six that you probably have fancied for a while that probably would have made it? I think earlier on, um, there was five teams I would have said were... I'd have been surprised if, if they hadn't made the playoffs um, and, and that's the top five as it stands. Um, after that, Scunthorpe had a really, really good start to the season. I think they had more fixtures under the belt than, than most, which skewed the table a little bit. So they were sitting right up at the top for quite a while, but um, they didn't really pick up many points on the road, which is always going to be um, a bit of a problem come come the end of the season if you're looking for the playoffs. But, you know, they've, they've I think... Um, maybe being the dark horses so far this year because everybody wrote them off at the start of the season. Um, they, they lost Jake Allen early on. Obviously, that was beneficial for us in the end, but um, they, they've performed really well. You know, really good reserve in, in Jordan Palin. They've had riders who have stepped it up. Um, for, for example, Simon Lambert going really, really well. Um, he was flying at our place earlier in the year. Uh, and deserved the place there, um, but yeah, it it was it went right to the wire, didn't it? You know, Birmingham had a a bit of a shout there right up until that last meeting at, at Glasgow. So um, it's been very very close so far. You know, I, I think earlier on, some one point in the season, I think there was four or five of us all all tied on the same points at the top of the table, which I can't recall that ever happening before. But it, it shows how evenly matched a lot of these teams are coming into the business end now. So it's going to make for an exciting competition. And overall, the championship's been really, really competitive, as we mentioned. But some some great riders in the league now and some riders that have never ridden uh, some of the tracks in the championship league. People like Bjarne Pedersen heading to the Media Prima Arena, in your case, for the first time. Same for Hans Andersen. He's never been to Red Car before, but he has now. And, and great for fans to see these riders, uh, also Scott Nichols, Troy Batchelor, on, on some tracks that uh, they've never been to before. It's, it's good for our league. Um, you know, the championship's a great product. Um, I've heard over the last few years that we keep weakening the product at this level, but... You know, I don't think we have weak teams at all. In fact, it's, there's not a great deal of difference between between us and the and the Premiership, really. So, um, you know, another rider, Bjarni Pedersen, um, Jason Crump had, had visited Red Car once before, but really big names in the sport, um, and it's it's a big attraction for for fans. You know, we you know we've had really good crowd numbers this year, and uh, and and it takes quality opposition um, to, to to draw those numbers. So. Yeah, it, it it's positive in my in my eyes. Well, much more about uh, the championship in general, but uh, also red car, of course, with Jitendra through the the course of this episode this week of no breaks, no fear, and uh, one of his riders doubling up in the playoff semi final in the Premiership. Michael Palmtoft made the headlines for the wrong reasons because uh, unfortunately he suffered injuries to his fingers in a heat three fall, which left Peterborough with only five men. But still, they recorded a forty six forty four victory at Wolverhampton in the first leg of 
their Premiership playoff semi-final. Unfortunately, Palm Toft was only able to take one ride after suffering injuries to his fingers in that fall, reducing the Panthers to a five-man side. Chris Harris, Scott Nichols, and Hans Anderson all taking seven rides. Harris getting 17 points and Scott Nichols with 12 plus two, Anderson with 11 plus two. And an all-important 4-2 from Harris and Nichols in the final race means they take an advantage into their home leg next Monday. Now, on the way, we're going to hear from Peter Adams. We'll get his thoughts along with that of Rob Lyon. First of all, let's hear from Rory Schlein, who had a terrific evening, won three races for the Wolves, but touched the tapes in Heat 15 with the host left to rue a pre-meeting downpour, followed by a flying start for the Panthers. Rory Schlein trying everything he knows. Can he make it this time? Yes, he can. He could win the race here. He's oh, going to charge brilliant. on the inside. He's gone from third to first in one fantastic swoop. What a ride from Rory Schlein. That's how to do it. That's how to show your teammates. I'm skipper of the side, and that is how it's done. Well, Rory Schlein, uh, never ideal to lose the, the home leg um, of any two-legged affair, but nevertheless, uh, far from over yet. No, um, set up in Eurosport. You know, as simply as we can put it, is uh, going to go there and do what they did to us. You know, they're a good outfit. You know, the I think the injury rider replacement worked in their favour, and you know, no excuses. You know, at the end of the day, they got the points on the board, and we didn't. And um, we're just going to make it happen on Monday. You know, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, we go there, we win, with, we're through. You know, so that's as simple as that. Yeah, and obviously uh, Wolves haven't had the, the best of records, but I know in the first one you were out injured. Uh, the second one, a few of the boys had, had off nights as well. So haven't uh, fully delivered what, what you know you're capable of at the East of England Arena in 2021 so far? No, I think it was with three heats to go the last time we were there. Uh, we were level, I think. So we know it's doable. It's, it's not like, you know, doom and gloom. We had a chat afterwards. Um, if anything, the pressure's off us. It's, it's on Peterborough, you know, because everyone will be expecting them to... Uh, to win um, obviously the stats say you know they should win but you know this is playoff speedway mate anything can happen yeah and if there is one thing this Wolverhampton uh, team have had all season long it's uh, fire and determination um, and that, that will certainly be the case next Monday now oh for sure to be fair I ain't seen the lads this fired up you know uh, in the change rooms I know like say you got to be fired up but I mean more angry than anything um, just they just want Monday tomorrow you know so because they want to put they want to put it right so, um, you know, just bring on Monday, mate. The narrowest of defeats, of course, um, and only half-time in the tie. Let's get the thoughts of the Wolves team boss right now. Peter Adams is speaking with Mike Taylor from BBC WM. Peter, that was obviously quite a difficult night all the way through one, with one thing or another. I mean, just one of those things? Uh, I think so, you know, but I mean, there's no arguing the, what a good side they are. Oh, sure. You know, and they seem to have high quality um, in every race. So um, it's very difficult to know, you know, where you can attack a team like that. But know uh, that are at the top of their game and uh, they're riding well. But next Monday's another day. It is, and obviously they did lose our own meeting as well last week and, and one or two through the season. Did that shower of rain make a difference? That seemed to be quite unfortunate because I'm sure you would have had the track set up however you wanted it set up. Uh, absolutely, and I, I don't want to make excuses, you no. know, but I mean, a, a wet track, as everybody in this game knows, always favours the away side. Sure. Uh, because, as you say, the track isn't as we expected it to be, and you know, our track staff have done marvellously to prepare it the way we wanted it, and then the rain comes along at just the wrong time, you know, yeah. and puts us on the back foot, and I think principally that's why we got off to uh, to a bad start. But I think you know we did very well to battle back to uh, 
to get level with them and then we were in a position near the end where we could have you know, taken some advantage to Peterborough which would have been nice but it's not the be all and end all as you say they've recently lost at home and hopefully they'll lose again next Monday. And we saw one or two in- inspiring moments I mean Rory had a particularly memorable win I think in Heat 4 uh, Brock Nickel showed some good form today has run up a good number of points so there are things to take from it. Yeah absolutely and I mean Leon Flint was struggling here tonight with one thing and another, but I mean he was uh, very instrumental in that good performance there recently, and I, I expect him, you know, to be uh, a thorn in their side next Monday. Yeah, still a long way to go, as we say, and many twists and turns yet for Peterborough. Of course, uh, they're suffering a little bit now with injuries. Ulrich Ostergaard that we well know about, but Michael Palm Toft falling in Heat 3 and suffering some injuries, which he tried to race on with, but um, couldn't quite manage that uh, second ride and uh, withdrew from the rest of the meeting. Now, that will be a concern to Jatendra. We'll get his thoughts on the importance of Michael Palm Toft to the red car team in a second. First of all, let's hear from the boss of Peterborough Panthers. Here's Rob Lyon speaking to Dave Row. Rob, that must have been a really tough night to work your way through, but you have worked your way through with a two-point lead. Do you like it with that? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, it was backs to the wall with, uh, with Tofty unfortunately crashing out and um, a couple of refereeing decisions went against us tonight, I felt, as well. But the uh, boys were superb again and, and, like I say, a proper backs to the wall performance. First of all, the news on, on Tofty obviously tried one more ride with a finger injury. Do you think it's any serious damage or hopefully back next week? Uh, hopefully not, no. I'm, I'm, we're all hopeful it will just be, just needs a week off, I think, um, and then he'll go again hopefully next Monday. But we'll obviously he'll monitor that as the days go by. But, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're hopeful, put it that way. And then you're having to juggle RR and IRR, which is absolutely the nightmare scenario, and having a reserve to get seven rides in, in hands. Lots of work to do there. Yeah, it is. It's, it's tough, but it's the way it is, you know. It's, it's, we know that RR is our best option. We also know RR is also a risk for us if, should a situation happen like it did tonight in, 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 in you know, Riders' first ride, and it was Toffee tonight. And Yeah, it's a, it's a juggle, but luckily the, all the boys pulled together, so that was great. Yeah, some big rides from towards the end particularly with Chris Harris and, and Scott rolling about the years and also Bjarne who doesn't actually like this place very much early in the meeting so they all got stuck in they did they did they, they you know again proud of them all you know they, they all took it to Wolves and um, to get a result with that with that sort of scenario faced with us it was uh, tremendous so yeah but you know it's only halfway and Wolves are more than capable of coming to our place and getting a result so we just got to focus on winning the meeting and then we you touched on a couple of decisions. Obviously, Nick Morris came to grief in Heat 3, the first running of that, and then Heat 14, hands came down on the second bend. Did you feel a bit inconsistent there? Yeah, definitely, because unfortunately, you know, Craig saw it that the conditions were tricky early on and uh, he got clamped by, I think it was Scott on the outside, and he said, well, he's in, Scott's entitled to do that, really. And you, you could clearly see that, I can't remember who it was, but he actually fell on his own. And I, I all fall back, Okay, he's made that decision. Hans lost his leg. He had his leg took away off the rider off gate three in that race. So, you know, what's he supposed to do? And uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but, you know, that's the way it is. And um, referees have a decision to make. And, they, you know, he's made what he thought was the right call. So you have a two-point lead, which I'm sure you'd have taken before you came here tonight. Big job still to do, though, next Monday at the showground. Yeah, big time. I mean, like I say, it's halfway and all four teams are strong enough to win this, as we've always said, everyone's said that. 
and um, so yeah, we go into a home leg. You know, focus on winning the meeting. Yeah, the return leg is at the East of England showground on Monday next week. And of course, that will be live on TV as well, as will the fixture we're going to talk about in a few moments between Sheffield and Bellevue. Um, just a note about Michael Palm Toff then hearing about those injuries to his fingers. Rob Lyon mentioning in that that he thinks that uh, Michael Palm Toff's going to have a week off and then come back for the Monday meeting. Um, that will be of concern to to you, Jatendra, because Michael Palmtoft, a key part of the Red Car Bears team and he's due to be riding twice this weekend on Friday and on Sunday. And um, hearing that, I guess there's a little bit of hope that he might be all right for you. Um, but um, what are your thoughts on, on potentially having to do without Michael Palmtoft? You know, if there's one rider that we really can't afford to lose, not that you could anybody, it, it's Tofty because... He's fourth in our averages now, which means that we can't use a guest and we're using RR. That weakens us massively. So if we've lost Tofty, that that's just made things very difficult for us moving forwards. Hopefully it's a precaution and, and nothing too serious. Yeah, let's um, let's hope for the best for, for this weekend. Tell us about Michael Palm Toff, though, because he's a rider who's performed solidly all season, perhaps doesn't maybe get the the accolade and the adoration that maybe he deserves because he's a solid consistent rider and he's he's obviously been doing it with the Peterborough team who are no slouches he's one of the best riders in the premiership league at the moment as per the averages and he's been doing great in the championship with red car as well and you've just described him as the rider that you can't do without tell us about the 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 qualities of, of Michael Palm Toft and uh, and what he's like to work with Tofty has been with us you know for a couple of years now uh, really really easy to work with um that that might seem a strange thing to say, but um, you know, some riders are a little more high maintenance than others. He just gets on with the job very, very fast uh, on his day. Um, you know, I've heard he's an underrated rider, and I would probably say that's an accurate description because he's capable of beating anybody. Uh, if I think he's going to number one for Peterborough uh, for the playoffs as well, so that's a a big testament to just how well he's riding. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's at that age now where he's got the experience, but I wouldn't really class him as an old hand. So um, yeah, a nice mix of, I guess, uh, you know, bravery, experience, uh, the kind of right side of his career, I would say. We're going to hear from uh, another red car rider right now, but with his um, premiership hat on in Louis Kerr, because Sheffield warmed up for the premiership playoffs with a 61-29 thrashing of Kings Lynn at Ollerton on Sunday. The Tigers had three unbeaten riders in stand-in skipper Jack Holder, Josh Pickering and Troy Batchelor. We'll hear from Holder in a moment. First of all, let's hear from Louis Kerr, who is racing for Kings Lynn. He says that the stars simply weren't good enough. Louis, uh, the last league meeting of the season didn't end well for you it was a tough old night out there tell us your thoughts on it uh, yeah on, on a team's perspective it was it's quite embarrassing really you know we should should be doing better than that I personally had bike trouble in the first three and then you know I've wasted three heats by then and, and uh, yeah simply not good enough mate so you're disappointed personally but overall the season it's been a tough one from start to finish for Kings Lane but you did show some decent signs midway through the season yeah, you know, the team we've ended with, is um, it's been better and uh, it's been a very tough year for Kings Lynn. Um, hoping next year, you know, things will be better for the fans and, and the promotion. 
Yeah, I think in Speedway it goes around in circles. One bad season, hopefully followed by a decent one. Yeah, exactly, mate. You know, the fans deserve a decent, a decent side and to be fighting for the playoffs next year. So hopefully we can do that. And on a personal level, you've still got, still got playoffs in the championship with Redcar. Tell us your thoughts on that. Is it Edinburgh? Yeah, Edinburgh away on Friday. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, other than tonight, I'm in good form. So, um, yeah, keep it going and hopefully get through to the next round. Just put this one down as a bad night at the office. Yeah, bad night, mate. Move on. That was a close shave, that one race. You kissed the fence, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Charles Wright told me to go wide. So I went wide, a bit too wide. Don't listen to Charles Wright again. No, not at all. Cheers, Yeah, the, the red car massive uh, sticking close there in that fixture too with Charles Wright advising Louis Kerr on how to ride Olerton. But it'll be Charles's own turn come Thursday when it's that uh, second semi-final playoff between Sheffield and Bellevue, which of course will be live on Eurosport on, uh, on Thursday evening. Don't forget about that. But a big win for Sheffield, 61-29 and... Um, Yes, there's not a lot to play for in terms of league position, but psychologically, what does that win do for both Sheffield and for the other clubs as well who'll be watching on and seeing, you know, yeah, there's not a lot to ride for. Kings Lynn haven't had the best season, but they've still got some decent riders among them there. And, uh, you know, a good way to go into the playoffs for Sheffield, surely that with a big win. It is, and I think it sends out a message to other teams as well. You know, Sheffield are one of those teams at the beginning of the year. I looked on paper, and I think you know that that's a team that can go all the way, but that they haven't performed like that. But they're coming into a really good run of form just at the right time. Um, you know, they made a really astute signing in Josh Pickering. Uh, to this day, I have no idea why no other Premiership team have signed them to date because there must be promoters now kicking themselves at that, but. You know, the addition of him, uh, Daniel Humes doing really well at reserve for them. Um, they were missing a good reserve earlier in the year. Um, and of course, Troy Batchelor seems to be coming into some good form as well. So, you know, I would personally say that probably my favourites now coming into to, to the playoffs. But having said that, you know, Bellevue are another team, really, really good on paper. Uh, superb number one, balanced throughout, good reserve. Um I think they suffer from a, a similar issue that we do at Redcar, and that's that you know everybody loves riding uh, their track. Um, it holds no fear for the opposition, and it, that makes it incredibly hard to get an advantage at home. Um, so over the two legs, that does disadvantage them a little bit. Um, but having said that, you know they've been to Peterborough and won there this year. Um, two. You know, looking at the Premiership at the moment, you've you've got three tracks which are all big, fast tracks. Um, you're not not too dissimilar, really, in the way that you've got to ride them. Um, only Wolverhampton, to me, seem to have a, a significant home advantage of those three. But I believe Sheffield have uh, prepared the track fairly grippy this year, which um, that's one way of getting an advantage if you've got the riders who are able to ride that. It takes some brave riders to, to stick your back wheel in the dirt at Sheffield and you know all speedway riders are brave but um if you get a group that uh, that little bit braver than the rest you know you can eke that little bit of advantage there so um I think Sheffield for me uh, are the team over two legs but again you can't discount anybody there 
Well, the star man on Sunday against Kings Lynn was Jack Holder, who got a maximum 15 points. And he's been speaking after that meeting with Nigel Pearson. Jack Holder, congratulations, a full house and a, and a great way for you guys to warm up for Thursday against Bellevue. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, everyone was on it tonight, um, even, without, even without Howarth. Um, we're still quite strong. So, um, yeah, you know, the track was good tonight. Can't complain, 15 out of 15. Not just myself, but, you know, Pico as well. And, um, you know, Batch looked good tonight. Everyone, everyone did their job. And captain as well for the first time and a winning start as a captain. Beautiful, Captain Jack. <laughs> Brilliant. But um, everything seemed good. There was one or two moments there with Ben where got a little bit tasty with the old elbows and a bit of coming. You had to work hard in a couple of races, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he's a tough customer. He doesn't know when to shut off sometimes. But, um, no, you know, done him three times out of three, so can't complain. Well, you did everybody tonight. Magnificent crowd right behind you again as well. So all attention's now looking to Thursday night. You've got no more meetings before then. It's just, what is it, a bit of rest and preparation now? <laughs> Too much rest. Um, yeah, You'd ride tomorrow if you could, right? 100%. Um, it's like come to like the the crunch now, but um, don't have any meetings anywhere because I'm finished abroad and all that kind of stuff. So it's not ideal, but, you know, we're used to it. Um, so, yeah, come back Thursday and hopefully another 15 points. Bellevue are going to be tough, really good side. Dan Bewley's had some real ding-dongs with you. He's a great little rider and good, solid all-round team. Yeah, for sure. They've got, um, you know, Bewley, BK, Ridey. <laughs> he was in the pits tonight, actually, so um, he might tell them some inside info on what's going on. But, um, yeah, they've got a good team. That's why they're in the playoffs. And, yeah, if we just uh, put another performance in like tonight, no doubt we should beat them. There's Jack Holder, got a maximum on Sunday, but he's got to wait all the way until Thursday to race his next meeting, which is quite a long time in Speedway because he's not jetting off back to Poland or riding anywhere else. He's just got to focus on that next fixture against Bellevue. Uh, Jitendra, with your knowledge of Speedway riders, uh, this is uh, sort of an un- a weird part of the season, really, isn't it, where things suddenly start slowing down. You've It's hell for leather at the middle of the season there's meetings here there and everywhere sometimes different countries and you've got a, a very very full schedule to then get to this point of the season and, and you're twiddling your thumbs a bit I know that riders like to be busy um, obviously that can be taken to the extremes especially when you're flying in and out of the UK but um, I know from my experience as a promoter and a team manager that, that riders don't like sitting around and doing one meeting every week um, so yeah I'm sure Jack would be a uh, prefer to be a lot busier but he's a world-class rider now he shouldn't really be a rider who um is going to struggle too much even if he does you know only ride once a week so when you compare them in Bellevue you know they've both got world-class riders at number one um so yeah they'll both play very key parts coming coming into this uh you know this playoff part of the season well, after that fixture, I want you to picture the scene. You're in the bar at Ollerton Stadium. The smell of the carvery is majestically wafting through as Nigel Pearson stands at the bar with a pint of Guinness in his hand. I know, you're shocked, I'm shocked, we're all shocked. And he's chatting with Simon Stead. Simon, looking ahead to Thursday night, boosted by um, a win against Kings Lynn. Uh, you can only beat what's in front of you. With the greatest respect to Kings Lynn on Sunday, um, they were weakened with no Richard Lawson and they weren't at their best, so... But you did what you had to do on Sunday night, didn't you? Yeah, and I, I felt before the, the start of the meeting that, that, that we were probably weaker uh, in that respect than them having to run RR for, for Kyle uh, and the way that the averages are. So uh, you're right, you can only beat what's, what's in front of you. They're, regardless of the, of the scoreline, there was some good racing. 
um, they have some riders that ride Sheffield very well. So we had a get together before the start of the meeting. Um, I think it was important not to take our foot off the gas, um, and we, you know, we we sat down and had a talk about that. We wanted to build momentum. Uh, off the back of a fantastic result at Peterborough. So tonight could have been um, something silly had we thrown it away. So we've kept the momentum going, um, team full of confidence, looking forward to Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. And the fact that you had three riders unbeaten, particularly, I've got to single out Troy Batchelor, who, to be honest with you, has had, well, you know as well as anybody, has had a torrid time around this track. Now, it seems to me that he hasn't settled on this track this year. <laughs> Two questions. How delighted are you for him to go through the card unbeaten? And point number two, has he said anything to you about being not confident around the Sheffield track at all? What can he tell us? Well, firstly, um, I'm obviously delighted for him. Uh, I know he's been putting a, a lot of hard work in behind the scenes. He's, he's equally unhappy with how this season has gone at Sheffield. Um, as with most of Speedway riders... Uh, we're, we we race a lot on confidence, and he's been low low on that, and uh, he's found it difficult. He's not been particularly comfortable with the engines he's been riding. Um, I know that he has um, got some different equipment, whether that's from Poland or wherever he's brought it over from. Um, but he's he's feeling much more comfortable on it. I guess uh, it's it is a. A difficult track to to go fast on um, with the different lines you have to ride it's, it's a unique place and uh, yes it's fair to say that he's found things tough but we've all, always known that he's capable of of that kind of performance and I think that's that's where the root of the disappointments come from because we all know how good he is and how he can ride on it uh, on his day so Hopefully that's a sign of things to come for the playoffs. Um, he's in, had some more confidence installed. Yes, I, I, I believe that riding more meetings, having the the benefit of riding for Kent has, has helped him find his form. You know, it doesn't seem too long ago that we were that we were talking about him scoring a zero here. So uh, that sort of turnaround is, is is unbelievable and credit to the lad himself because he's been working hard at it. Fair play, good answer. Um... Now, my next question has got to be about Thursday night. Bellevue Aces, War of the Roses. <clears throat> it's your biggest meeting here at Sheffield for years. The first playoff that this club has had in top flight history. It's a big night, isn't it? It's huge. I think the opposition couldn't be better for the semi-final, I think. Um, the way that it's panned out, the way that the season's progressed, um, it's really up in the air and can go anywhere. You know, as a neutral and... Uh, as a fan looking at the the playoffs this season are as exciting as I think I've ever seen so um, a fantastic proposition in store uh, four teams in the playoffs that that can that could all do it um, and could all win um, at each other's track so that's just a, a great position to be in um, not so much as a team manager but certainly as a fan as, as, a, as a neutral looking at the prospect of the playoffs this year um, but I'm confident as a as the Sheffield team manager the way that my team are going, the, the camaraderie within the, the camp, the team spirit's absolutely fantastic. We've got a great bunch of lads who are all hitting form and all riding for each other. So um, we don't fear anybody, um, but in the same breath, uh, we will give everybody the, the respect that they deserve because uh, they're in the playoffs for a reason and we'll have to be at our best to, to, to go all the way. 
what do you need on Thursday night? Um, you've got to have some sort of lead, surely, haven't you? Is that, that's a reasonable question. Well, another 61-29 would be pretty good. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good answer. But realistically speaking, Simon, it's a tough ask because Bellevue are a great side. They are a fantastic side. And uh, we've, we've had... Um, we, we've already had uh, some titanic battles with them already this season so um, a couple of great meetings in prospect but oh, realistically um, if I could get eight I'd be more than happy um, but it's one meeting uh, it won't be one in one meeting um, it will be run over the course of both uh, and then once we've hopefully got through the semi-final we can concentrate on the final but um, We'll go. We'll go out on Thursday. Do our best. Um, any sort of lead will be will be a good one. Um, equally, if we have to start from scratch on um, uh, on the following Thursday out there place, then then we'll do that as well. Just looking down the four the four clubs: Peterborough, <laughs> Sheffield, Wolverhampton, Bellevue, Simon Stead rode for all those clubs. Yeah, yeah. Simon Stead did ride for it and enjoyed riding for every single one of them actually nice there was uh, I've got fond memories from um, from from all four uh, clubs but you know um, I'm Sheffield team manager so um, regardless of anything else that's happened in the past uh, my focus is solely with with Sheffield Speedway uh, and doing my very best for them and making sure we get the best out of the boys good answers you're good at this aren't you all right shall we mention the program and the picture in it tonight? no no no, no. no. Okay. oh what the fact that I look younger now yeah, you do. Well, what an honour, Simon. It's very nice of you. I've, I've, I've got a little bit of hair sli- less hair now, though, haven't I? I'm not sure, actually, on that picture. What, are you saying <laughs> I've had a transplant? I'm not saying anything. It's no. all normal, it's not a serum. Anyway, thanks for your time, Simon. Welcome, and maybe I should wear a Choose7.com cap like you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> one of the more surreal moments of No Breaks, No Fear this year, uh, the discussion about Nigel Pearson's hair. Um, but we're getting to that stage of the season, I guess. Um, Jitendra, uh, for Simon Stead, he's got a very busy time on his hands because we're talking about the back end of the season and th- people becoming less busy, but not for Simon because he's got these playoffs to get through. And then straight after that, into October Speedway of Nations of course he's the Great Britain team manager as well so he's going to be getting to know the National Speedway Stadium pretty well isn't he over the next few weeks he is yeah um, you know Simon's been around for a long time now I know he's only he's only young still but um, he's been there and done that hasn't he really at, at all levels now so um, yeah I'm, I'm sure he'll enjoy being busy as well um, and he you know he'll have a lot of confidence in his team as well which I know he has Um you know, he's he's won a, a title with Sheffield before. Um, and I don't think it's unfeasible for him to take another one this year. So those fixtures then for this week. Um, Thursday, Premiership Playoff semi-final. It's Sheffield versus Bellevue, Ollerton Stadium at 7.30. And then the return leg, uh, Peterborough versus Wolverhampton on Monday night next week, again at 7.30. Both matches will be live on Eurosport. 
Coming next on No Breaks, No Fear, turning our attention to the championship, talking more to Jitendra about uh, the quest for glory at the Red Car Bears, as we've been hearing that their task may or may not be a little bit more difficult, uh, depending on the fitness of Michael Palm Toft. We'll also hear from Birmingham team boss Lawrence Rogers ahead of their knockout cup match against Edinburgh. Owner David Mason's going to walk away from Birmingham at the end of this season, and um, this match against against Edinburgh could well be their last one at Perry Bar, certainly of this promotion and possibly ever, which we sincerely hope won't be the case. But we'll hear from Lawrence Rogers soon here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan, great to be back with you once again and joining me in this episode, I'm pleased to say, is Jitendra Duffel, co-promoter at the Red Car Bears. Red Car find themselves in the playoff quarterfinals in the championship, uh, having kept that second spot, of course, the top two in the championship go through to the semi-finals. Um, but Red Car were in that second position, but we always knew that um, with Glasgow having matches in hand and, and two of those matches were at home, as well and they got that second spot so it's pool and Glasgow in the automatic spots to the semis and um, it means that Redcar finishing fourth will meet the Edinburgh Monarchs first at Armadale on Friday with the return leg at home at the Media Prima Arena next Sunday. Um, tell us about that um, fixture then um, you, you, you've got Edinburgh um, tricky place to go Armadale but uh, having them back on your home turf in the second leg Edinburgh's a tough place to go um, you know it, it holds a good home track advantage it's um, it's small tight technical as far as our opposition goes I, I don't really think we were too bothered who we raced against um, my attitude is that if you're going to go all the way and win the final, then you should be able to beat anybody over two legs. And, you know, if you can't do that, then, um, yeah, it really doesn't matter which stage you go out at. But, um, you know, we, we were aiming for, for top two, but at the same time, you know, that does have its cons as well as its pros. Um, yes, you're guaranteed to be in the semi, but we, we didn't really want to go too long without racing. Uh, we, you know, we had the Julie Lewis Memorial uh, at home last week. Um, because we're, we're now in the quarterfinal and not the semi. That means that we're going to be racing this week. I think had we missed two weeks, uh, as some clubs may, um, you're going to come into this this part of the season pretty cold. So so, so on that front, yeah, we, we weren't too disappointed. Like I said, there was there was pros and cons uh, for and against both. Um, if, if we'd have finished third, uh, we'd have raced Scunthorpe. And again, another club who who have been really strong at home. Uh, you know, we performed well there earlier this year, but you know they've they've got a really good reserve who can you know step up if somebody in the top five isn't quite performing. So, um, but both teams are dangerous. Um, we'll, we'll we'll take who we've got, and yeah, and we'll do our best to to make sure we get through to the semi final. I have to say that um, the red car track is is always magnificently prepared and uh, as you mentioned with the National Speedway Stadium which is you know a, another great racetrack of course but I think Red Car is is not far behind in terms of the quality of racing that that I've seen there through the course of this season and and people should definitely get along there if if they can because you will not be disappointed the racing is always top notch um 
it can be a leveller though for the for the teams because we're talking about Edinburgh having a bit of a, a home track advantage. Everybody knows Armadale is a very uh, tricky circuit, and and it is a trump card. We spoke to Sam Masters earlier this season, and you know they know that they've got this trump card of of having this circuit. Conversely, Red Car don't have that. Everybody loves coming to Red Car and and having a race, and you get great racing, of course, but you haven't got the home track advantage quite so much. You know, we we love the fact we've got a, a great race track. It's it's a big pull for riders. You know, riders tend to approach us to come and race at Red Car, um, and obviously we get good racing, which is is great for the support as well. Um, on a team front, <laughs> not not so good because you know that like uh, like we were talking about Bellevue earlier. Um, it, it holds no fear for for opposition riders that they really look forward to coming racing at Red Car, and it makes it really hard to get home advantage. I, I think that showed in our results. Um, just an estimation: we, we we've probably got as many, if not, yeah, as many points away from home as we have at home this season. Um, you know, we've a couple of draws. We we did lose a match to Eastbourne as well. Um, you know, we 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 obviously um, that was annulled in the end, so it, it didn't really harm us, but. Um, we, we haven't really stamped our authority around our home track. Um, and yeah, th- this is the time to step up and really do that. We've we've had to come from behind. I think it's three matches in a row, something like that, from eight to 12 points down. And um, it, it's a reason why it's important that we have riders that, that do travel well um, because we're going to have to perform well away from home if, if we're not going to be able to, to stretch any sort of huge lead at home. So we, we took the second leg. I think it's always important to do that in front of your home fans. Um, you know, you've got the crowd on your side and and we know what we need to do. But um, yeah, it's it certainly doesn't play to our advantage having such a fair track. Now, if people can't make it, of course, they can watch on the streams this particular fixture. In fact, both of the, the fixtures between yourself and Edinburgh, because Edinburgh have got their streaming uh, running on uh, EMTV. And you have recently launched Bears TV, uh, where I've been doing some commentary as well, which has been great to be involved in. And and a couple of great matches so far, and I think Edinburgh is going to be no different. Um, but this is the result of a, a lot of work through the course of the season. It's not something you've just started doing. You've you've built it your own system to to do the streaming from the ground up, um, and you waited until now until it was right before properly launching it. Of course, to, to the world and um, tell us about getting streaming up and running because people are saying, well, why can't you just do a live stream? Put a camera there, connected to the internet, and away you go. But it's uh, it's it's not quite as straightforward as that, is it? This is something we were planning since before the season. Uh, a few clubs, you know, experimented and. And started this last year um, towards the end of the year when we, we couldn't have crowds. So it, it brings in a, a new stream of revenue for us, which, which is important at, at the moment because, you know, we don't always get the crowd numbers. We need to thrive. Um, uh, and on top of that, I would say people tend to travel less nowadays than they might have 15, 20 years ago. I know I've spoken to promoters who were promoting back in that time and said, you know, you'd, at one time you'd have two, 300 of the away fans come, but those days seem to have gone. So this this is a, a way to try and capture some of that audience that maybe we've lost along the way. Um, you know, we, we had, I think it was about 130 people watch the stream um, a couple of weeks ago, which, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem a massive amount, but, um, you know, that really does help financially. And 
Uh, and it's nice for the, you know those people who can't travel to to be able to watch these meetings because you know they're big meetings, um, exciting uh, part of the season, and and it just opens up to a much wider audience. It's not come without its its tests. Um, it's not quite as easy as pointing the camera, you know, plugging into the internet and away you go. Um, it, it it's been very very challenging. Um, you know, we've got a good team that work with us. Um, you know, our, our lead on that, Martin Hunter, who obviously you've worked with, a great commentator, a couple of great commentators, yourself and James Black, and <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's coming together. So um, yeah, ho- hopefully people uh, like what they've seen. Yeah, I hope so. I think it's presented really smartly. It look, it does look, it does look good, uh, and I think you've done a you've done a great job with it. And you know, I've 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 done what I can with the uh, <laughs> with the commentary. It's, I've only ever do done two commentaries in my life before, and and the third will hopefully be against uh, Edinburgh at the weekend. Um, it has been a learning curve for me. Blimey, stuff happens so quick, and you know, full respect to to the people who who have have done this in their careers you know on 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 national tv like you know nigel and kelvin and dave Rowe, and of course uh you know the, the the great dave lanning in years gone by who who make it look so easy and i think that's the thing it, it look they make it look and sound so easy that people think it's easy but when you actually have a go at it blimey i mean speedway is ridiculously quick there's that much going on you've just got these words coming out of your mouth and hoping that you've got got it right <laughs> and say it with confidence but uh, but it's been great fun it's been great fun yeah well I, I thought you did a great job and the feedback's oh, been good so <laughs> it's um yeah it, I, I guess un- until you actually jump in and do something like this you, you could never really understand just how hard it is but you've obviously experienced that now and yeah I've, <laughs> I've full admiration for, for people like Elvin, Nigel and uh and Dave Rowe who yeah very good at what they do yeah, it's uh, it's full on stuff, but uh, but very enjoyable. Um, so those matches then uh, for Redcar Friday at Armadale against Edinburgh is the first leg. The second leg on Sunday evening, six thirty start at the Media Prima Arena, at South East Motor Park. Uh, come down and uh, and be there in person. Of course, if you can't, you can watch it on Bears TV or EMTV uh, for the for the home leg at uh, at Armadale on the Friday and Bears TV on the Sunday. It'd be great to have you join us. Now, the other fixture is uh, going to be that one between Scunthorpe and Leicester. Now, recently, um, Redcar raced against Leicester um, at, uh, at at home in that you know crunch league meeting and uh, came down to the, the final heat and, and ended in a draw. Um, Scunthorpe, we know how strong they are because they started the, st- the, the season very strongly uh, and then dropped away a little bit just made it into the playoffs, but still they've got a lot of strength in that team and, and not least a British champion as well. You know, they, they destroyed Poole at home uh, very recently, which not many teams have managed this season. So, you know, that, that should be a bit of a warning to Leicester. Um, I know Stuart Dixon um, certainly won't be underestimating them when he goes there um, because the, the, they are strong at home. Um, and, you know, in the playoffs, it it's not really about, you know, winning one meeting. It, it's about... You know, um, winning by enough of a margin, and and you know, if if you do that, then you only have to put in a reasonable performance away from home. Leicester's a tough place to go. Um, again, it's one of those tracks which is quite tricky. Probably holds a a few fears for for other riders. So I I, I do feel that Scunthorpe we're going to have to beat them 
at home by you know quite a margin in order to go through to the next round. Um, they will start as underdogs. Leicester are a very very strong top team. Uh, sorry, yeah, they've got a very strong top four. Um, but you know the lower end is very capable as well. Zane Kennedy is going well. Um, you know, the, the, and the Thompson twins have, have had a great debut season. So um, they're, they're, they're going to start favourites. Uh, a t- a t- definitely a team to be feared. Um, but, you know, Scunthorpe have got nothing to lose. Uh, they've proved that they, they can beat teams by a good margin. So um, it, there's certainly not cut and dry. And a slight difference in the championship to the premiership of how the playoffs work. We've got uh, the top two seeded through to the semi-finals. Um, how does it work from here um, when we get the two winners from the from the quarter-finals? Uh, is is there a choice of opponent for those two, or is it just Pool that get the choice? How does it all work? So Pool finished top of the league, so they'll get their choice um, of which of the quarter-finalist um, teams that progress they'll face. Um, and then Leicester will get who, whoever remains after that. So it, it's really up to pull how that second um, part of the competition is going to look. You know, the semi-finals will be shaped by yeah who, whoever they fancy racing against at that point, I guess. Well, one of the riders who's already got their eye on a semi-final place in the championship playoffs, as well, of course, as involved in the semi-finals in the premiership playoffs, is Brock Nickel, who uh, doubles up with Wolves and Glasgow in the championship. He's been speaking about the playoffs with Ryan Guest. Well, yes, uh, Friday against Birmingham and uh, Sunday against Leicester proved to be uh, two more tough meetings in the end, but uh, nevertheless, the, the Tigers doing enough to, to get that second place and move right through to the semi-finals. Yeah, it's, it, it's what we needed. Um, we had a yeah, busy weekend with two meetings and uh, two good performances by the team. We all come together and it's at the right time. So, um, yeah, we're all happy and... Uh, yeah, to, to get a win over Leicester, that means a lot for the club. And, um, yeah, at the right time, that put us in the in the right place, uh, in second place, so we don't have to go through the quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, we're happy. Everybody's going well. And, um, yeah, we'll just have to uh, see how playoffs goes. Yeah, it has been quite an impressive turnaround over the last few weeks as well because, obviously, um, Ulrich Ostergaard was flying earlier in the season. And when his injury hit, uh, the Tigers did suffer something of a, a dip, not quite as... Uh, uh, consistent and a high standard as they were at one point so uh, when you consider that when you consider the, the new faces that have been brought into the side as well uh, things could be clicking at just the right time for the Tigers Yeah, you never want to lose anybody in the team especially a guy like Ulrich, he was going so well and uh, yeah, once once he got injured it was, uh, things were tough for a little bit um, not having that full squad, you, you never want that, so um, we've got new guys in now and uh, yeah, it's all clicking at the right time. Tom hasn't had his best performances, and he's and he's capable of much more, and we all know that. So, um, yeah, he, he's up for it, and, and uh, yeah, once we all click, it, it goes well, and that showed on uh, Sunday. Yeah, you've seen up there as well, obviously, since the uh, the owners came in a few years ago, they've certainly shown uh, plenty of ambition, given it uh, lots as well. Um, the supporters as well give it everything, and... Like I said, there's certainly a, a big ambition up in, in Glasgow as well to achieve things, and uh, you, you'll sense the, the desperation up there that they've got to do it this year. Yeah, the uh, the new owners of the club that took it over, I mean, man, they run the club so well, and, um, yeah, they do it the cor- correct way and professionally, and everything about the club is, is awesome, and I enjoy being there. It's, it's a fun place to go, and just the vibes you get in the pits and f- with everybody in the team and such a great track, so... 
um, yeah, I've got nothing but good words to say about about the club and everybody up there. Um, but yeah, they they want to win trophies at the end of the day. That's what they want to do. But um, they also want us to have fun. So um, yeah, hopefully this is the year to do it for them. There's Brock Nickel of Glasgow Tigers speaking to Ryan Guest. And some other big news in the northeast for Speedway in that uh, Newcastle owner Rob Grant has pledged the club will race on in 2022 with some new backing. He was set to walk away after last Sunday's season finale, but now says the Diamonds will continue because of the reaction of supporters and the memory of co-promoter Dave Tatum, who passed away recently. He wants to honour the work that uh, Dave put into uh, helping Rob out and uh, and see the club through into another season. Now, for you at Redcar, and as a Redcar promoter, um, you have some great battles, of course, with Newcastle, and uh, and, and the two teams obviously uh, offer a, a decent following to each other's tracks when they meet as well. There's always that extra bit of bit of banter, I suppose, being a, a local derby, and uh, it must be great to, to know that Newcastle still can be on the calendar for you next year. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, great great news about Newcastle. Um, you know, that was the first place I ever rode a bike, and I actually went up and, and watched there for a period of time when, you know, Speedway um, ceased to to operate at Cleveland Park. So, you know, um, it, it's it, it's been a tough season for Rob Grant. You know, to come in and buy a club during COVID, uh, he's essentially bought that club twice, and obviously his crowds have been affected this year. Um, no one really could have blamed him had he have walked away from that. But, you know. Um, I guess it shows the, the determination and character of the man to, to give it another go. And you're right, that's great news, not just, just for Newcastle supporters, but, you know, British Speedway in general. Um, you know, Birmingham have had a, a really tough year as well. Um, they, I know they've str- struggled with crowd numbers, um, but, you know, it's it's a, a very impressive stadium. Um, you know, the track can be a great race track as well. Um and hopefully, you know, they can find a way to survive. Um, we, we don't want to lose any clubs. Um, and I, w- I would be very, very sad to see them go, as, as would anybody else. Um, maybe maybe a little bit of time, you know, at the end of the season just to, to think about things may change the mind. But it, it, it's been, you know, the pressure on all of us this year has has been, you know, twice what it usually is you know preparing for a season under covid with all the uncertainty financially and with crowd numbers and all the hoops we had to jump through to make it work um you know it's been uh, i I can just tell you from a from a promotional point of view it's been stressful um and that's coming from a club that's done quite well so i I do have a lot of sympathy for those clubs and, and i hope they can find a way to come back before we move on from this part, just a word about Ryan Kinsley. Um, Ryan Kinsley was racing for Red Car a few weeks ago. Um, I'm sure you know the story, but if you don't, his uh, his van was stolen after the meeting with all his bikes and all his gear in it. Um, the following morning, his, his van was located, but all the equipment in the van had gone. All of his bikes, all of his gear, all of his life work, effectively, had gone. And then there was um, a big appeal. Well, it wasn't really in- intended to be a big appeal, but the, the the word was shared far and wide, and it became a big appeal on social media, on local media, newspapers, radio, to uh, to find Ryan Kinsley's um, equipment. And, um, and he got his bikes back, which is fantastic. And now he's back in business and he's racing again. And... Uh, all's well that ends well but um quite an experience for you to to go through there as a promoter trying to 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 locate his equipment that's right it was as you mentioned it it was the first time that ryan had actually stayed in middlesbrough um 
the, the situation was, uh, if I'm really honest, a little embarrassing for me, um, you know, to bring the lad here for the first time and, and for his whole livelihood to be taken from underneath his nose. Um, it wasn't good, but, you know, let, let's be realistic here. It, it's it's one or two scumbags who have gone out and done that. Um, and I guess we get those people in all areas, but you're right, what really did shine through was, you know, the goodwill, the support of, of you know, not just the people in in the northeast and the local area, but the whole of the Speedway community pulled together. Um, you know, we, we raised over three and a half thousand pounds, uh, I think, within a few days. Um, yeah, I, I shared a post within probably an hour of his bikes being taken, um, you know, once we, we knew the situation. And by the end of the next day, that had been shared over 1,400 times. Uh, and that was from my personal account. You add into the Red Cabaret social media and everybody else's. Um, and and it had reached, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in, in no time. And, um, you know, that does make you really proud. And, and the sport can be an absolutely brilliant place to be, you know, the community and um, you know, it, it's kind of like a family feeling. Um, it, it really is quite a special place to be at times, and you know that's part of what I love about the sport. And you know, fortunately, we got his bikes back, and you know, financially, I, I don't think he was any worse off for it. So, um, yeah, really pleased for Ryan. And you got the bikes back based on an anonymous tip-off. It sounds like uh, you had an experience like some sort of crime drama, like Line of Duty or something like that. <laughs> can you can you tell us about how you got the bikes back? <laughs> Uh, I think the less I say, the better, but we did get an anonymous tip. Um, the recovery was all a little bit sketchy. I put myself in a situation that I probably shouldn't have, but look, all that matters is we got the bikes back, and, <laughs> and so did Ryan, and uh, I think we'll leave that one there. You don't need to know. <laughs> okay. Um, it was magic. It was magic. But he's got his bikes back, so that's the main thing. Um, Jitendra Duffel, the co-promoter of Red Car Bears, is with us on No Breaks, No Fear. Coming up in the next part, we're going to hear from Lawrence Rogers, the team boss at Birmingham Brummies. We were talking about Newcastle. They're in a similar situation. It may be their last meeting, depending on if a new promoter can be found. The existing promoters are bowing out at the end of this season, but more about that to come here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Jitendra Duffel from the Red Car Bears is with us this week. Um, right now we're going to talk about the Birmingham Brummies. Um, the owner of Birmingham, David Mason, has announced he's going to walk away from the club, knowing that he did everything in his power to make the club a success. He's based in Sussex, but alongside his father, Peter, will bring down the curtain on their time at the club at the last remaining match of the season, which could well be Wednesday night, as they're on 18 points down against Edinburgh in their knockout cup tie. The duo have revealed there are no firm offers on the table to take over the club, which means the curtain could well be set to fall on sports in Birmingham after a long and proud history. Well, let's hear from Lawrence Rogers, the team manager. He's refusing to give up hope on overhauling the 18-point deficits on Wednesday, which uh, could mean yet another fixture at Perry Bar. He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Birmingham Brummies team manager Lawrence Rogers uh, speaking ahead of uh, Wednesday's knockout cup uh, quarterfinal second leg clash with Edinburgh. Um, obviously it's going to be a, a strange night as well uh, not knowing what the future holds for the Brummies 
It is to be a very strange night, isn't it? You know, um, things are all up in the air at the moment. Um, we know that David and Peter are no longer going to be there after the end of the season. Uh, we've got 18 points to pull back against Edinburgh, which we can do. We only lost, uh, we only beat them by 14 without Jack Thomas and with uh, Valentin uh, not scoring that day. And then he bounced back the form last week at page nine. The aim is to beat Edinburgh and get through to meet Glasgow in the semi-final of the cup. Yeah, I was going to say it's a it's a strange one to to build from a, a promotional point of view as well because, um, like you say, can't can't build it as the final meeting, especially when uh, when when there's still a, a potential to get through to the next round of the competition. True. Absolutely. Absolutely true. You know, my aim and the seven riders' aim is to get through to the next round naturally. And but uh, I, I know that Dave and Peter want to, want to, you know, make a big deal of the fact that it could be the last meeting of the season. Uh, well, as for the future. You know, there are things happening. And like you say, the the second leg of the Knockout Cup is now uh, um, a big focus because obviously it was such a, a brave effort from the, the Brummies in the end, just coming up short by a single point to get in those playoffs. Oh, that was very disappointing looking at that uh, league table on the Saturday morning after coming back from Glasgow. So close yet so far away. And, and we can look to various things that uh, have gone wrong. We can look that we should have won at Plymouth. We could have got a point out of Poole, out of Kent. We were robbed at Edinburgh by a Heat 15 decision. Uh, we should have won by more at Newcastle. You know, we came close at Glasgow without Paco and um, without Valentin. You know, we could have pushed them harder. We should have been up there and we should have qualified when there were five very dejected faces in the pits at Glasgow on uh, on Friday. Yeah, and regardless of uh, what does happen on, on Wednesday night, whether you do manage to overturn that big deficit against Edinburgh, um, like you say, with everything that's been thrown at the Brummies in 2021, uh, still got to be, be proud of what uh, what the club and the team have achieved this year. Oh, very much so proud of all seven of them. And we've had you know, we're the only team in the country not to make a change all year as well, which is a, a big plus for Birmingham. Uh, you know, the seven of them have mixed together as a great team with superb spirit and I just feel so sorry that we, we haven't got to the stage we, we deserved Well David and Peter Mason of uh, Birmingham Brummies will be standing down hopefully the club will continue in 2022 uh, in the same vein as, as Newcastle um, Jitendra Duffel of the Red Car Bears you are a co-promoter who's uh, standing down at the end of this season as well of course a lot of people maybe don't realise you 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 have a full-time job outside of, of Speedway and, and, and Speedway is something that you do on, on top of that life as well. Just how much time does it take up of, of your life when you're, uh, when, when you're a co-promoter of a, of a Speedway club in, in the middle of the season and, and you've got your other job going on as well? It takes over your life. Um, yeah, it doesn't just take over your life, but you know it affects your family's life. You know, My wife has to live Speedway with me. Um, I only ever really took over a red car um, initially for a year. That that was my plan, um, and it wasn't even my plan. Uh, I did it because we had nobody else to do it, which isn't really a reason to do anything. But I love the club. Um, you know, it's it's been in my blood. I'm a family's blood um, all of my life. You know, my granddad went to the first meeting at Cleveland Park in in, in I think it was probably back in the 20s or 30s and, and my dad after him and and me so it's um it's a club like many other i would imagine in in british speedway if not world speedway that that's run off the goodwill you know passion um and and dedication from from the people who love the club and it, it's it's stressful um that's part of the reason that i'm walking away from it because it's not sustainable to to, to do this on top of my working life forever um you know but 
Um, yeah, I would urge, you know, we as promoters, I guess we all kind of get, I don't know, stereotyped sometimes and into the way that, you know, we the people see British Speedway and I know that we could be in a better place, but, um, you know, I don't think people really realise, you know, the sacrifices that some of us make to, to do what we do. You know, Speedway is run on the goodwill and, um, uh, and the love and passion uh, of some people who are, are willing to make really big sacrifices in their own life. Um, uh, and yeah, that that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, a tough job. And we'll talk about one of the rewards in a moment. Um, another fixture to mention, though, is um, another Wednesday fixture, Championship Knockout Cup semi-final second leg. Poole versus Leicester, two sides that Redcar have, have faced recently, uh, including a trip down to the South Coast last week. And that's going to be a, a fearsome clash between those two in that competition, isn't it? Well, we went there last week. Um, the, the track was really well prepared. Um, they're just dialed in there. Um you make one mistake and their riders are ready to pounce. But you're right, it's, you know, there have been a really couple of big tests recently. You know, we had Glasgow go up against Leicester uh, just la- this weekend. And, you know, obviously Glasgow came out the, the victors there. And, and this is a similar situation. You're right, it absolutely could be a, a playoff final. And there are bragging rights for both teams. Um, and it's a really good measure of of the way that that could go should it happen so yeah um a, a, a fixture where either team can come out on top you right pull the strong at home but Leicester have riders who are more than capable of, of riding there and ex-pull riders as well which which always helps we talked about the hard work that goes into running a club. You're doing it for rewards and, and you got some silverware and uh, the, the Knockout Cup is a competition that you won pretty recently in, in 2019. Um, a really important piece of silverware to, to have uh, both on your, your mantelpiece in the in the trophy cabinet of the club and, uh, and on your CV as well, isn't it? It's one of the great British Speedway competitions. You know, I think in 2019, I always had my sights set on the league um i think that's the big one um it is for anybody it's something i've never won um but yeah i'll i can't really describe how i felt when we won that you know just a huge moment of pride i saw what it meant to the supporters to the riders it's massive um you know it's it's something that both teams will be setting the sights firmly on bringing back home and yeah, you know that that cup, we we don't try to leave too much down the track for for obvious reasons. But you know that cup sat beside me in my office for 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 almost two years because we had um, obviously uh, we it defaulted to us for a second year because of COVID. So um, no, it it's um, it's a huge honour and a huge piece of silverware uh, with a lot of history associated with it. So um, that they'll be they'll be going all out to bring that back home. And um, a couple of other things to, to touch on before we go. Um, Speedway of Nations just around the corner. Um, we've seen the end of the, the Polish season uh, with Ty Woffenden and Dan Bewley team riding their way to, to glory for Roslav. Uh, do you think those will be our two for the Speedway of Nations when that comes around? I think that's the way they'll go with it. Um, you know, Dan Bewley, uh, particularly with it being his home track, um, it would be very difficult to leave him out. He, he's 
he's come on leaps and bounds, uh, not just this year, I think towards the end of last year uh, over in Poland, we saw what he was really capable of. And Ty Wuffenden has got that experience at this level. You know, you, you don't win the number of world championships he has unless you can perform under pressure um, and, and at this level. Um, you know, Robert Lambert is a rider that I rate very, very highly and, and to leave him out would be incredibly difficult. Um, but I think considering where it is and uh, and considering that, you know, Ty Wuffenden and, and Dan Bewley are probably coming into it uh, with a few more matches under the belts recently, that there would be the two I would probably opt for. Um, as far as your under-21 rider goes, that that's a difficult pick. You know, there are a few there in contention. Obviously, Tom Brennan, um, you know, performed... You know, very, very well recently for you know the 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 junior squad at at, um, at this level, but um, yeah, it, it's still a tough pick because uh, you know you've got the likes of Leon Flint there and and Drew Kemp. Um, yeah, a tough, tough, tough choice. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Jitendra, and, and all the very best for next season. We know that Red Car's in in good hands, and uh, Jamie. Uh, Swales and uh, and Jade Mudgeway are going to continue carrying the uh, the red car baton, and I, I can't imagine that you're going to be far away from the stadium. But have, have you given any thoughts as to what you're going to be doing next year? Are you are you are you just going to be um, still down the down the track or involved in some other way? Have you got any thoughts on what 2022 is going to hold for you? I haven't decided yet. I mean. <sighs> I keep seeing ex-promoters and team managers who keep telling me, you know, you're going to miss it and you'll be straight back in there. And I keep telling them, <laughs> I'm really not. I really don't think I will. But I, I love the club. Um, I'll be there without a doubt, whether it's in a voluntary role in somewhere or, or as a supporter. Um, it's all a little bit raw for me at the moment, I think, to, to really make any decisions. Can a red stripe on the first bend, maybe? <laughs> that's that. I mean, that's an, a really appealing option, no matter what else. That's, is a, that's, on the, offer. that's the red car. That's the red car dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, with, with my drum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that'd be a way to enjoy it. Well, thanks very much, and um, and um, yeah, all the best for the for the rest of the season. Of course, uh, starting Friday, and then the return on on Sunday, and uh, hopefully, it will continue beyond that as well. That's that's the plan. My thanks to Jitendra Duffel, co-promoter at Red Car Bears. Not many fixtures left on the calendar as it stands, so let's run through them in full. Um, Birmingham versus Edinburgh and Poole versus Leicester in the Knockout Cup on Wednesday night. Thursday in the Premiership, it's that first leg of the playoff uh, between Sheffield and Bellevue at Ollerton. And then on Friday, Scunthorpe versus Leicester and Edinburgh versus Redcar. Uh, the first legs of the quarterfinals of the championship playoffs and um, we've also got uh, Leicester versus Scunthorpe on Saturday and then on Sunday it's the return leg of Redcar versus Edinburgh 
Um, and uh, then on Monday, back to the Premiership, where it's Peterborough versus Wolves. And we'll have all the reaction to that next week on No Breaks, No Fear. Back again next Tuesday from 8 o'clock. Have a great week wherever you're heading in British Speedway. And we will see you uh, next week for more. Don't forget, keep up to date with everything that's happening online at speedwaygb.co.uk on our social media pages. Regular video and match updates are always posted there. And um, here's to a great week in Speedway. Fingers crossed for the weather. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.